Are you listening? Hello boys and girls, as you could probably tell from the different intro, and to be honest from me probably posting about this prior to you listening to it, this is indeed not a regular episode of the Anik on Chelsea podcast. Um, this is a special edition feature that myself and Andy and Jimmy from the Attacking 2 are doing. It's a collaboration we are calling, very creatively, the Attacking Free Transfer Talk which is a few episodes over the next coming weeks about transfers in Chelsea FC. Uh, this is part one of the collab... Oh, well, part one of episode one of our collaboration. And to hear part two, you'll have to go and check it out on the Attacking 2 podcast. This is the format we'll be doing. We'll be alternating parts and splitting it between the two different podcasts so you can enrich your Chelsea podcast experience by broadening your horizons so with that let's get into it hi everyone welcome to a special edition podcast and video feature from the attacking two this is what myself jan from yannick on chelsea and andy and jimmy from the attacking two are calling the attacking free transfer talk it's something we wanted to put together for the transfer window talk about chelsea talk about transfers and players and sorry sorry ball what's happening with the club maybe looking at some sort of competitors around us in the league and just generally seeing what's going on in the window. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to do it in two parts. There'll probably be four episodes throughout the window or in and around the transfer window. And these four episodes will be in two parts. Now, each part will be released through our respective podcasts. So today, part one of this podcast is going to be, le- be released Excuse me, through Yannick on Chelsea. And part two will be released through the Attacking 2 podcast. Now, it sounds complicated, but it's not. <laughs> so you're, if you're listening to this, you'll be listening to it through Yannick on Chelsea. And to hit up the second part of the episode, you just subscribe to the Attacking 2 and then you'll get part two. It's pretty simple, and it'll, we'll post this on Twitter with a link. So um, I'll be hosting part one. Welcome to this special edition, ladies and gents. Uh, welcome to my co-hosts, Jimmy and Andy. The format for today, ladies and gentlemen, is the uh, discussion about the striker. Part one, we'll be looking at our purchase of Alvaro Morata um, and how we feel he's done at Chelsea and how we, well, how he's almost certainly looking like he might be exiting this coming window. And then part two is the appropriate follow-up of the, again, looking very likely acquisition of Iguain, the Argentine elderly fat man. <laughs> but we'll be saying some nice things about him, I'm sure. So let's get going. Um, Chelsea have been known for great strikers over the years, but, you know, even up until recently with Diego Costa, and we'd, we would have hoped it would have been a similar situation with Alvaro Morata. So I'm going to bring one of the boys in here and get some instantaneous reactions about Morata's time at Chelsea and how we feel about him now. So, Jimmy, I tell you what, you can, you can wade in first. What are you saying about our Spaniard at the moment, mate? Good move. If you if you want the really negative battering version of 
Alvaro Morata's time, then you would have gone with Andy first. So <laughs> we all know how, how much he loves him. No, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's weird. Uh, we all had very high hopes for Alvaro Morata when he came in. I mean, he'd, he'd won the Champions League twice, if I'm not mistaken. He, he was scoring goals for Real Madrid uh, on a continuous basis. It, it, it was weird. I mean, he did well everywhere he was. Scudetto, didn't and he? He, won he, he starts fantastically and then it all goes to bit of shit. You know, it's, mm. I mean, it's a roller coaster ride. It's, it's a Chelsea striker. I mean, is there any better example than our Morata for our striker was dating back and since, you know, since Abramovich took over? Well, I mean, we, we thought maybe with Sari, he'd, he'd, you know, get used to the system. This is his kind of system, better than with Conte. Although back then people were saying, yeah, or including myself, actually, he's a man made for Antonio Conte. I mean, we've come to a point where you have to ask, is it really got something to do with his footballing ability or is it just mental? You know, it's, it's, it's got to be mental issues because this is ridiculous. Uh, so he's got to go. It's, yeah. it's as simple as that, you know. It's sad to say, but that's that's just the hard facts. Clinical from Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, we know he's a technical player. Um, you're right to talk about Chelsea with strikers. I mean, we've had great strikers in between a lot of um, not great strikers. <laughs> I don't know where to put it. Um, yeah, the common recurring theme of Alvaro Morata is mental fragility. Um, Andy. Give me your um your thoughts on the, the big soft Spaniard. <laughs> I'm just gonna pour myself whiskey while you go in on this, mate. So you carry on. Uh, well, you you better need it. You 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 better take some whiskey now because uh, for for myself, like uh, dating back to the time when we acquired him in the transfer market and thinking about uh, the situation we had on our hands, um, signing Lukaku or signing Morata was more or less the question of this summer. And I think it was Camp Lukaku because I also like to bring back the old players, even though you get mugged off by all the other fans for um, buying a player back for three yeah. times the money you sold them for. Yes. Uh, but I like Lukaku. And then um, just the first half of that season, it looked like we have done the right choice and Lukaku looked woeful and Morata was actually the real deal. And when he scored his hat-trick away at Stoke, I, I, I thought, all right, Oh, yeah. We we finally we finally done it and signed a player who is even maybe that notch better than the player he was brought in to replace. And dating yeah. back to that time, also we had all these all, all these um, statistics um, on screen where where I think his his goal ratio per ninety minutes was better than um, Cristiano Ronaldo's at Real Madrid. That's yeah. that's maybe also down to because he only played against the. With us, fairly enough, the second string team against mm. the worst sides in in La Liga, yep. and he had never, and that's that's something we've we've missed also in his Juventus days. He was never the starting striker, never had pressure on his shoulders, mm. which he had at Chelsea, and that was his was his downfall. Obviously, uh, I can't watch the guy play; uh, it gets me really, it gets me so aggressive, and I'm a really mellow guy. Mm. Uh, if you know me. It, it, it is really hard to, yeah. to, to get me going in the way Alvaro Morata does. When I'm at Stamford Bridge, which occurs two or three times a season as, as an Austrian, that's it's that's difficult. not a bad. Yeah, that's, that's, good. that's a good that's, return, that's, man, definitely, yeah. That, that's quite good, but, yeah. uh, mate, he's he's so frustrating to watch. Spends 
so much time on the ground. And yeah, I think time time is well gone for him. Time is well gone in Chelsea. And we there was just one one thing I, I was mentioning last time. Even though I don't like him, I don't rate him, and the striker situation at the moment reminds me very much at the situation we had in the first um, season of Mourinho coming back to Stamford Bridge, where we had Demba Bar and an outdated yeah. um, Fernando Torres. We re- didn't really have a, a good strike, and then we brought in um, uh, Diego Costa, and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's very much the, the same situation, uh, and I would like maybe to have Morata till the end of the season, because I don't see... Maybe with Higuain now, we will speak about that. But I don't see a really proper striker coming in. And just for the sake of being secure, having an option from the bench, I would like to um, maybe have him having him hanging around till the end of the season. But yeah. if we can get another striker, I'm happy for him to yeah. leave well, yeah, immediately. Put, <laughs> put a pin in that one, Andy, because I think um, with part two in the discussion of Higuain, I personally think uh, the exit of Morata might be integral to that happening. But um, talking to you chaps um, and speaking before on each other's podcasts and whatnot, I think we do all feel the same with uh, Alvaro in terms of he looked like this striker that come from different cultures. I think he won La Liga, Champions League, the Scudetto in, in, in Syria. And... Um, yeah, I think it was common knowledge. I mean, I've voiced this story over and over about his mental fragility in uh, Juventus and Buffon talking to him. And it was the chance for him maybe to step up because he demonstrated such footballing ability. And uh, like Jimmy said, um, when when he came, it wasn't, it, or Andy as well, it wasn't just the hat trick away at Southampton or Stoke or wherever it was. It was, it was mm. when he first came on off the bench when we were getting slapped about by Burnley and he scored off the bench and picked up the ball and then ran back to the cent, you know, the 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 centre circle and stuff. And that that's not a striker that was flopping about sad week. You know, he was like, oh, I'm making my debut. Check this out, fellas. You know, the the header against him. Um, Man United, that lovely looping header, and everyone was talking about the best header in Europe at the time, you know, Alvaro Morata. Um, and he did a couple of, he did finish with both feet as well, and it just seemed great. And especially with um, the known quantity of Lukaku, again, this is something I've voiced through podcasts before. He is a very known quantity, isn't he? He's got a shit touch, um, he's fast, he's strong, he will finish the odd chance. Um, but he didn't get better Lukaku for me. I mean, he he mm. played like some of the best football I've seen him play on the wing for Belgium in the World Cup. You know, when Dries Merton, I think, was playing down the down the middle and he was actually, um, he started in the front three, but he was playing on the right wing against against um, Brazil. Against Brazil, he played on the right wing, Lukaku. And he, he made some like really like um, great runs. And I think, I can't remember which, which game was it where it might be South, South Korea where he does that dummy or something when they let the ball run and he does like something he does something that Eden Hazard would do mm. anyway I mean generally in the Premier League for me he was a really known quantity I digress slightly so when we got Morata and he made these like um had these moments in his debut season um and I've talked to people on the podcast since about um how he had a diff- difficult season going moving forward with the birth of his children and this, you know very sad uh story of his friend dying of course but Hmm. all these things that just happen in people's lives you know I'm not trying to not sound compassionate but I'm just trying to say after a while of you know William lost his mum and then she uh, he moved he sort of found a bit of form again we're not going to get into a William debate that's not what this podcast is Hmm. about but Moretta um you know 
it's, it's, he's not what we expected and what and and he let us down I think to a degree after mm. um after mm. an, a good early stint so Jimmy mm. um with Morata if like you said, I think we're in agreement he has to go because we need something that can do better now. The Premier League's very an instantaneous and demanding league. You can't yeah. nurture anything about. In a theoretical different world, could it have worked for Morata or could it still work for Morata? And I'm not saying it's, this, is, this isn't reality. Like, Would you see him ever or would you see him being successful as a second striker and getting 15 goals or do you think he could never adapt to this league? Or that he can never adapt to the league? No, because he's shown that he can, you know, at least for a few months. You know, he's showed that he is capable of playing football in the Premier League. And he scored, I mean, primarily with his head, but, you know, goal's a goal. He can score it with his his dick, I can fall, I care. The point is that he, he was actually able to score goals for Chelsea. And that I think that's why most people are so gutted about this whole situation because he did look like the real deal mm. I don't know uh, I mean maybe he can go on an 18 month loan spell which has been rumoured mm. come back and then that, I mean we, we shouldn't forget that when you mentioned that Burnley game where he picked up that ball and you know there was lots of fight in him mm. he'd just come off a fantastic season with Real Madrid for arguably one of the best if not the best teams in the world mm. Um, of course, you're going to be boasting with confidence, even if you're only the second choice there. Yeah. So he just needs to build up that confidence. I'm not not. I know the whole situation with his friends dying is tragic, mm. and undoubtedly that will have influenced him. But if you think of, for example, Frank Lampard, whose mother mm. died mm. during the Champions League semi-final. Uh, I mean, you know, you can never take an individual case and lay it out for no, everyone. Yeah. But, you know, that just shows the mental strength that Frank Lampard had and why he will be always known as a Chelsea legend yeah. and Alvaro Morata will not. It's not. And that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, you're right. I was going to say, it's not It's not uncompassionate of you to say it's telling. It's a, it's a telling reaction of how it affects your professional career, right? Like, that's, that's, that's you know, it's not being, un, it's, it's not showing a lack of compassion to say Frank can take a tragedy and not let it, affect his professionalism and that's not and that's not a slight because you know emotional sad things happen but you're right to say it was a very good point of him coming from Real Madrid riding this high and then just being like you know what I am a baller I've got it in my feet because I've done it here 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 and here uh, and, and you carried off that high it's almost to say imagine if um he was with us the season before and Costa was like a few years older and it didn't have like a shit storm with Conte, but Morata was the second striker to Costa and knowing that he didn't leave, he left Real Madrid because he knew he was a bit of a bench warmer. But imagine if he was at Chelsea, he won the league under Conte as a second striker and he knew he was going to take that throne, you know, and maybe he would have yeah. rode that confidence. Like Andy, again, <laughs> I know you're not the uh, the, the Morata um, lover, but I, I feel like it's, it's our duty to just say in a theoretical, completely, uh, yeah. Their universe. What do you think, mate? Uh, well, for me, it kind of reminds me, uh, as as we talk about this, uh, on the situation of Chiri Mobile when he went to Dortmund. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the situation, but no, back in the days, he he was he was a striker for uh, Torino and uh, scored an immense, immense amount of goals. And he was very young, 21, 22 years of age. Uh, Dortmund acquired him, I think, as 
um, when Lewandowski left. So he was he was stepping into big boots. That was yeah. sure for the from the first minute mm. on. But um, he was he was leaving after I think half a season on loan to to Sevilla, and then um, with the first interviews he gave, he said, well, basically slagging off Dortmund for. Um, people are so unfriendly. He was never invited by someone to to their house for, let's say, food or something. Mm. Um, very unfamiliar place for someone coming from Italy, and maybe also very um, familiar thing in 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 England to the German. Like I think mentally, or um, let's say, from from the kind of way um, these countries are operating and the way southern countries are operating, it's a really different style. It's always great. You never can hang out with your with your guns out in England. Mm, um, no. If, if if you're used to that. I mean, I that, do. I do anyway. Uh, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> but that's. I I think you you're losing you're losing a big chunk of your life. And if you course, if your yeah. life and if your mentality is that fragile. Um, it can sometimes affect your professional career and it shouldn't. We, we know that, but we can't demand it from everyone. And he's maybe just not, not capable of, of, of playing good football here. And mm. the sooner he realizes that and the sooner we, we are realizing that, um, the sooner it will maybe, yeah, will be rejuvenating his career and we'll, we will move on to better things. Uh, and I think it is for me. It looks like a case of 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 being that that yeah. he's not. Has he got a big big um, let's say group of friends at Chelsea? Doesn't look like to me no, like that. There's a few Spanish. He yeah. does. He I think does. I think he does. I think I think you make fine points and the the, the good points well made for like today football transfers and players going to different countries. But I think Chelsea as a club are really quite accommodating. They're quite forward thinking despite issues with fans and this, that and the other. They they do place players in good places and make sure, you know, they feel comfortable. So it's difficult to say Alvaro is a victim of particular circumstance. I think maybe, I know footballers, I don't want to be gen- generalised, but footballers are maybe a bit more, I don't want to say softer, because that that's not a very forward-thinking word, but, you know, um, mm-hmm. they, they are more affected. And that could be, we could get into a debate about society and social media and pressure, but we won't, because mm-hmm. this podcast is about players and transfers, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, uh, go, on, go, on, go on, Jimmy. Think about Zappa Costa. He's like his best mate, you know. Like that's he, true, yeah. He's, he's got Zappa Costa. He's been uh, out with Alonso and with Zappa. As P. with Cesar Zapiliqueta. Yeah. So, you know, he, he has got a backing here and yeah. he also doesn't have a bad uh, bond with the other attacking players. Yeah. And each, each, you know, Conte and Sari, because both continuously started him, always put faith in him. Come on, go on. Speak play, Italian. Play. He speaks Italian, you know, speak, yeah. to, speak to Pedro. So, you know, the, the confidence was put in him until just a few games ago and Sari Actually, I have to give it to Sari. You know, just leaving me out of the squad, I know was initially um, injured, but mm. that isn't something that every coach does. So kudos to him. Mm. But um, yeah, he has got backing. You know, as you said, Chelsea's a supportive club in that respect. There's barely ever been a player that's left us or retired and said something bad about Chelsea. No, you know, at true. least in the Abramovich no. era, mm. and also prior to that with you know Bialy, Hoddle, and so on. So. In that respect, I think it's just Morata himself. You know, it's, yeah. it's not something to do with any of the surroundings, like birthday cake not being given to him, like with Yaya Chere or something. Yeah, 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 <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You know, 
footballers can be very peculiar individuals. Okay. But, you know, so it's just him. And I know he's, you know, started a family and all that. But whatever happens in his in his personal life, you know, that can't be brought onto the field. And if it does... Not, not... not at this level. You're you're no. this quality of footballer and professional for a reason. So... So I want to move. I want to move it on a little bit, chap. So we're all in agreement in terms of we we never really doubted his ability and his quality, but um, for one reason or another, it's you know ninety eight percent looking like it just won't work for him with our club, whether it's chemistry, culture, league, da 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 da. da but it's nothing to do with the man's talent. So that leads me on to the sort of second and last part of this part of the podcast, or certainly this part of the episode. It does look like he will I'm going to put my cards on the table and say he will go in January he he wasn't named in the squad he's been declared fit uh, and the last game he wasn't named in the squad and I think to me that screams of like giving him like brushing him up on his medical and making sure he is ship shape for a January move whether that be a sale six month or 18 month loan we can probably pick up on that a little bit more in the second part but what I want to talk to you boys is um how has this affected Chelsea maybe financially? Because I know the market's gone up and up and up, but he has not gained value at Chelsea. Um, we bought him for £57 million. Now, I think that rises with add-ons, but I think we'd probably all also be in agreement that he had probably hasn't met certain requirements for those add-ons to be... <laughs> to be, to be um, to be implemented so it might have been like you know over 20 goals in the league or top scorer or a title or do you know what I mean like it's probably some stuff like that so one would imagine it's the base fee um, unless it's appearances but anyway point being it wouldn't have cranked up to the potential potential cost for the player so um, he's going to have what four years on his con or three three and a half years on this contract or something a good chunk um obviously a loan move for whether it be six months or 18 months would be uh would be to pay his wages really sorry so, just, i just the contract to 220 okay 222 yeah, well there you go well that, no, that's helpful so but like uh, the loan would probably be um to sort of pay his wages in the meantime and hopefully he develops into an asset for said club like he does bed into mm. the club he's being loaned at, scores goals, mm. and whether that be in Italy. So I want to I want to ask you. I'll start with you, Andy, mate. Mm. Um, wh- what would you say? It's it, it, obviously it, it would be you taking a stab in the dark, talking about value. But how? Mm. What for Chelsea? Okay, so you're you are Roman Abramovich right yeah. now. Okay, so I'll, you know what what are you? Are you well, fucking Roman probably doesn't even give a shit at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so you're someone at Chelsea. You're Marina. Okay. You're, 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 um, you're, you know, I was going to make it a bit too weird, but I'm going to stop there. So you're Graniskaya and you're, you're, how are you going to approach this Morata situation? Uh, well, none of us are massively into finances mm. or transfers, but what would you think as a fan would be the best approach to deal with Morata? Mm. I think it's quite straightforward with that one. Um, we can't sell him at the moment because it would be a massive loss to us financially. Yep. Uh, maybe 20, 25 millions on the cards. <laughs> If, if we sell Murata in this kind of form. So for sure, we're going to loan him out for how long? I think six months is too short. Uh, 18 months might be... Uh, he won't sign an extension while he's out on loan. So um, he will run down his contract to two years left if he comes back after after 18 months. Mm. Okay, that's, that, that, might be, that might be a good time if he... 
It's enough, well, isn't it? Two years. Yeah, I, I think he will play. He will play a better role in in Italy if he goes there. League is suited to him. I think life is suited to him down there. So I assume he will score maybe 50, maybe 20 goals a season, um, all competitions. So I guess we he will generous. go. Yeah. He, he will go up to the value we, we acquired him for. Um, so in that sense, I'm I'm happy to maybe give him the loan. Then, if we if we wait, maybe one thing is important. Um, don't add in um, a clause for the club. We like do do it like Real Madrid did it with us with Kovacic, um, right. because that that will rise the value. If he if he does deliver and we because if 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 you if you give them a clause of uh, a buyout clause. Um, that can hardly be over 30 million at this time. Um, so that's interesting because yeah. if, if it does hit the, the ground running, then we will bite in our asses because we we mm. we sell him for cheap. So don't don't give them a clause in there. Um, just um, give unless, him a loan. And unless it's a 60 that, mil yeah. clause, right? Uh, we won't get that. I'm sure. No, I'm no. Sure. But well, that's what that's what a lot of the time that's what clauses are in there for to like scare people off. But uh, Jimmy, I want to come to you in a second, mate. So. Um, yeah, great points there, Andy. You're right. His current value, <sighs> that's the thing with Kovacic because he came to us um, on a slight tangent as a very, you know, desired player. I mean, obviously, he's not been a goal scorer of late, but everyone can see his quality on the ball and potentially still seen, depending on what happens next summer. That could be for a different episode, talking about mm-hmm. a certain Belgian wizard. But um, he... Uh, He's potentially the, the successor to Modric. So if he did did come to Chelsea, we could have won the league, you know, maybe. And then, so they, yeah, they were right, mm. maybe not to put a buyout clause in. So, Jimmy, are you in agreement with Andy in terms of uh, the best approach to Alvaro Morata? And where would you see? Is it AC Milan? What, what do you think, mate? Or Juventus? You liked it there? What do you reckon? Well, no, I agree with Andy in regard to the loan. I mean, selling him now would be uh, ludicrous. You know, we. We wouldn't uh, come out as winners in that regard. Um, 18 months makes sense. Uh, regarding that clause, I am pretty sure we're going to include one uh, because we like to. We did it with Bakayoko. Um, the only thing <laughs> he's is... doing, he's doing good, by the way. That's sorry. That's just, I, I don't, I don't mean yeah. to. I don't. I was really sorry no. to interrupt you, Jimmy. It's, it's, a, it's rude. I don't mean to do it, but just. You know, that's a, maybe a bargaining chip, right? Because if it is AC Milan with Juventus, some sort of integrated deal, um, they're loving him at the moment. Well, yeah, it was yeah. the coach who said he's a more technical Desai or some sort of shit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> anyway, like, so yeah, you may, we could make him choke on those words when we start doing some nego- negotiating. But apparently, he's been very, very good. Sorry, man, I didn't mean to interrupt. Carry on, carry on. No, it's fine, mate. Uh, my my point is that I think that we're going to include a buyout. Or an option to buy it for the simple reason that if Higuain, I know this is already for the part two, but this is mm. important here. Go if Higuain does come the other way, because of the tricky situation, as he is already on loan and they have already paid partially the loan fee, and then they would have an option to buy, speaking of AC Milan here, if they would incorporate that with Higuain, then it is very much a, a possibility that they want the same from Morata. And as Chelsea is desperate to get rid of him, it would make sense because mm. then they could already cut the price for Higuain. Mm. And I can see Mariner doing that. Um, I really can. We haven't been uh, afraid to cut our losses in the past, so why would we do it now? Um, yeah. 
it, you know, chances are with his mental fragility, he might actually not get back to his former best. So might as well try and get the best out of this deal. And if we can get Higuain, I'm not necessarily in favour of that, but we'll talk about that. We'll in a move minute. on to that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then then we should probably do it. Um Oh man, yeah. So yeah. yeah, so we'll put a pin in that just for a second. So it's risky, you know. It is risky. Fine, but you know what we're gonna do. I mean, I mean, think of a Milan. Would they want to do it without an option to buy? You know, Kovacic is a player. We say you said he was wanted by a lot of clubs. You know, mm. Tottenham, United, etc. Yeah, they can allow themselves to do that. We haven't got that actually. Mm. Milan's mm. say, you know, fuck off. We'll we'll get someone else. You it's know? true. It's so, true. But they've they've also seen uh, Morata do well in Italy. Yeah, they've got Higuain, who's thirty-one, and they're looking at this twenty. 20- long time ago, mate. Yeah, but that's two years ago. And he but was he's sitting... young. He's young. He's young, and they've seen it happen. And they're like, well, this is a young investment, and this guy's cooked. Do you know what I mean? And also, we've got these guys by the balls to a degree, and then you throw Bakayoko in there. They could, I don't know. Now, think about this. Milan hasn't got the funds to actually pay 60, 70 mil. So, you know, if it's going to be a buy buyout clause, look, I know it seems as if they do have that money, but I don't think they're actually able to spend it on one mm. player alone. And, and they don't, yeah, they don't own Higuain. Yeah. So, you know, Higuain will... Open up some funds. Yeah, but them, they but... they pay eighty million for the loan of Higuain. Um, How much? No, it's not eighty. No, eighty, not... 80 million euros. Or with, uh, you mean with with uh, with his wages, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm no, not... no, no, no. Hold on. You, are you saying if, one? If you are you saying to... one eight or eight zero? No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying eighteen. Because <laughs> eighty. Because oh, yeah. right, no, because yeah. Juve, that, Juve. Uh, that, that would be that, that would be ludicrous. No, yeah, no, eight. Which is still, I think, the no, record shit loads. time. It's, it's shitloads, yeah, man. Sure. Because Juve paid, like, what, 90, 90 million euros for him, didn't yeah. they? Um, 20, you know, even, like, a, you can understand why, and we'll get into this in part two, for the, obviously, broke the record in Syria. Spoiler for part two, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but that being said, I think we should wrap up uh, part one because we've we've done Morata to death. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked, ladies and gents, we've talked about um, our hopes for him, his performances, potential value. Um, so we're going to move on to Iguain. What what you have to do, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to this part one of the Anacon Chelsea podcast. So we're going to continue this great conversation and the flow of transfer talk, the attacking free transfer talk on the attacking two pod. So whatever you're listening to this podcast on now, whether it be uh, iTunes or Spotify, I think, Chaps maybe as well, yeah. Mm. Or just the app on your phone that usually pulls everything from iTunes. Go and subscribe to The Attacking 2. It will be all over Twitter as well. Um, Myself will post to this. And check out the second part. So, thank you for listening uh, to part one. Jimmy and Andy, thanks for joining on part one. And uh, we'll catch up on part two.